You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. This Mets team has won seven games in a row. Max Scherzer was good once again. The lineup was even better. I'll talk about that game in the first segment. Then we're going to spend the final two segments Talking about this trade deadline, the Mets have not made a move since the Tyler Naquin trade. What is left? Will they add to the bullpen? Will they make a big swing for a DH compliment to Vogelback? We will find out in the coming hours. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter at Finkelstein. Ryan, you can also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. Now, talking about this game against the Nationals, Here's a Mets team that finally looks like that same group from the first two months of the season. The the lineup that passed the baton, the lineup that hit with runners in scoring position, you know, where the home runs didn't matter because everyone was contributing. Now we're seeing that again. Whether it was the Daniel Vogelback edition or not, this is a lineup that looks functional again. And it's because you're getting great contributions from your main players, right? When you have Starling Marte and Brandon Nemo, Francisco Lindor, Pete Alonso, Jeff McNeil, all right at the same time, this lineup is as potent as any in baseball. That's why they were a top two lineup through the first couple months of this season. You need those guys to perform. And as much as we're going to talk about the deadline throughout the show today, and you know, can the Mets get a J.D. Martinez or a Wilson Contreras? Do they make that big splash or do they make a smaller splash? Is it a Wilmer Flores? Is it some other right-handed bat that we're not thinking about regardless of who's out there no matter what player the Mets add at the deadline the the driving force to them being successful this year it's those five guys and then you're just trying to get some competent production from the other hitters around them that's why Vogelback's been so impressive that's why the at-bats are getting out of Marcana who seems to have two hits every night right now has been so impressive and other guys down the line so you look at this team today um, you know, the 13 hits, they go five for now with Rose in scoring position. Brandon Nemo goes four for five. Alonzo, Canna, and McNeil each had two hits apiece. And you go to kind of the scoring breakdown. The Nationals get on the board first. Josh Bell has a double in the bottom of the first. A rare error by Starlin Marte, thrown to the wrong base, allows a run to score. But the Mets get right back in it in the top of the second. Pete Alonso draws a leadoff walk. Giorme gets out. But the bottom line is the Mets are able to string together five hits in the inning. You had McNeil, Tomas Nito, and Starling Marte all get RBI knocks. Suddenly, the Mets are up 3-1. to one. Then in the third inning, Pete Alonso hits one of the most impressive home runs you'll ever see, digging out a low pitch and hitting a screaming line drive that just got over the wall, hit that thing so hard over 110 miles per hour that it just found a way over. It didn't look like a home run off the bat at all because it looked like a line drive off the wall, but when you hit it, as hard as Pete did, and you get just enough loft on it, he was able to clear the fences there, and that was big for the Mets because in the bottom of the fourth, Scherzer faltered a little bit, gave up a home run to Juan Soto, no shame in that, but that allows three singles, 
and that allows another run to score. So suddenly the Mets only had a four to three lead where that Alonzo home run made the difference. But the game got broke open in the sixth inning. A great moment for Francisco Lindor, who's still having a really good season. At some point, once we move beyond the deadline, it is past time to another deep dive on guys like Lindor, Starling Marte, even a Nemo or a McNeil, Alonzo for that matter, guys that deserve some, some recognition for their play recently. And Lindor has just been amazing, particularly on this road trip. What was it? Uh, you know, get, getting on base, I think, three times in each of those games. I believe it was, you know, three hits in the last two games in Miami. And maybe he got on with one hit and two walks in the first game. That's off the top of my head. So don't quote me on that. But he's been red hot. And this was such a tough spot for him in that sixth inning. So you have two runners on, one of them being Starling Marte, who got hit by a pitch right before Lindor steps in. He's facing Steve Steve Ciszek, who hit him in the face, was laughing at my mispronunciation there, not at the circumstances, want to be honest there. Um, But yeah, that's tough, okay? He's got a funky delivery as is, um, you know, not always the easiest guy to pick up. You just see your teammate get hit. And Lindor even acknowledged it after the game saying, yeah, you know, he was uncomfortable. He had to gather himself, but he does gather himself and he hits a three-run homer that breaks the game open. And you just see him finding a way to continue to contribute to this team. And I think at a certain point, it's just past due to just stop worrying about money. You know, is he a $34.1 million player? I don't care, man. What I know is that the New York Mets are a lot better because they have Francisco Lindor in the lineup every day because he's giving you gold glove defense at shortstop every single day. He's giving you leadership out there. 18 home runs, 73 RBIs this year. I mean, 789 OPS is a little behind his career numbers. But look, man, if he's going to give you, you know, 25 to 30 home runs with gold glove defense and, you know, this year looking like a 100 RBI season from him, I think you sign up for that at, at $34.1 million or whatever you're paying him. It doesn't matter to me, but that was a really great moment for him um, to, to really kind of put this one in cruise control for the Mets. Max Scherzer and a star where he labored a little bit, didn't have his best control, still goes six and two thirds, allows just two earned runs, three runs overall, has a 2.13 ERA through his four, first 14 starts in a Mets uniform. Joel Rodriguez gave the Mets a scoreless ending in this one. Adam Adovino got the last four outs. He has been fantastic. ERA under one in his last 30 appearances at 0.87, a 2.21 ERA on the season. It's gotten to that point, folks, where you got Edwin Diaz that you trust as the best reliever in baseball, and Adam Adovino is really just a fantastic setup man this season. I think that we can maybe drop some of our preconceived notions of what he would be this year and just accept that he's been a very solid pitcher, but that is still the primary area of concern at this trade deadline. I want to talk about bullpen arms that are still out there. Just kind of give you an overview of what's happening around the league. And then we'll talk about where the Mets stand when it comes to maybe adding one more bat before we get to any of that though. If you haven't tried the built bar puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Are you ready to hear about this one? It's delicious. It's the indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built Bar has done it again. Their new flavor is the cookie dough chunk puffs, and they are light with a chewy texture. Real cookie dough chunks in there, and of course, all come covered in 100% real chocolate. The cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, 
and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Run to Built.com right now to snag a box for you and your family. It will be the perfect treat where you can find a really good hiding place just so you can you know, hoard them for yourselves. Maybe you don't want to share them with your family. If you want to try the cookie dough chunk puffs today, go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15. You're going to get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, so going through, I mean, everything that happened to lead today, Josh Hader got traded from the Brewers to the Padres. That was a really big deal. Frankie Montes goes to the Yankees. That was a huge deal. Uh, we, we saw the Braves pretty active. Adam, du- or Adam Duvall. I always mix them and Austin Riley up. I'm glad I caught myself. Um, but Austin Riley is the player who gets the 10-year extension as the young stud third baseman who's on an absolute tear right now. So they make that move right before hit record. They got Jake Odorizzi as a back-end starter. They pick up Robbie Grossman in the outfield. They're making those moves again around the edges that might make you nervous as a Mets fan, and I can get that, but here's the one thing I want to say before we get into what the Mets do from here. They have been active. They have made moves, and those moves have made them better. Since Vogelback's been in the lineup, they've won seven in a row. He's given you great at-bats against right-handed pitching, and I really do think even if the Mets don't add any more bats, they will be okay with Mark Vientos potentially and J.D. Davis serving the other half of that platoon. Um, and, and honestly, I have no confidence in J.D. Davis whatsoever in that, but he's going to get the run until Vientos comes up. I think it's a hole. I, I would hope that they were able to add someone that just gives you a, a, a decent floor because you look at like Mark Canna, he has reverse splits this year. So they get Tyler Naquin. That's great. That's all fine and well. Um, but that doesn't solve the issue here. Naquin, not great against lefties this year. Canna, not great against lefties this year. Vogelback, obviously, not great against lefties. So all these different options you have, none of them solve the problem. These two additions still don't solve your problem against left-handed pitching. That's why right now, if they do nothing else, to me, Mark Vientos is really the only answer other than Francisco Alvarez getting a late promotion this season, which I don't know if they want to go to that, but what I think the Mets are you know, really thinking about right now is how do we add to this team without mortgaging the future? And I know there's fans out there that say, hey, go for it, go for it, go for it. This is the time, this is the time. But you also have to weigh the improvement you're making. If you're telling me that you're trading six years of Mark Vientos for two months of Wilson Contreras – and David Robinson in that deal as well, I can maybe swallow it. But if they're steadfast that they want more than Mark Vientos, they want Mark Vientos and Ron and Mauricio, well, now you're trading too much prospect capital for rentals. And so I, I, as much as you want to see the Mets go all in, they have to do it wisely. And Billy Epler is gauging the market. He so far has bought two pieces that he felt comfortable with the price that it took to acquire them in Vogelback and Naquin. If there's a right-handed bat available at a price the Mets feel comfortable, they'll move on it. But if you're talking about a rental bat, I'm okay with the Mets saying, no, we're not giving up our top six process. We're not We're not giving up Alvarez, Beatty, Mauricio, Ronnie, uh, <laughs> Ronnie Mauricio, Alex Ramirez, Mark Vientos, um, Matt Allen. Like, like, if you're not giving up those six, 
I'm on board with that. And if uh, a Calvin Ziegler is off the table, I respect them because I know that they like that guy. And so if you can't get a deal done with a Dominic Hamill and a Khalil Lee and whatever else you want to throw together, Dom Smith is a player that the Red Sox apparently like, but maybe not enough to, to get a J.D. Martinez. You got to do what's best for your franchise moving forward. And giving up Pete Armstrong last year for Javi Baez ended up not working out. Now, I will make an argument that had the Mets been a good team and they made the playoffs the way Baez was playing, it would have been a fine trade for a rental. But you can see how that backfires. If the Mets, you know, make the move, right, and they get Wilson Contreras and David Robertson and they trade, you know, Ronnie Mauricio, Dominic Hamill, and they end up giving up like a lottery ticket on top of it. So they give kind of a, a huge return um, for those couple of guys. And then the Mets end up losing in three games in the division series. And you just get swept. Now, where are you? How much better do those additions make you? Are those the additions that win you the division? Are they the additions that, that win you the World Series? Because if they aren't, you got to weigh the pros and cons on whether you should make those moves. So right now, it seems like the Mets' primary focus is adding to their bullpen. And I think the cost to add to their bullpen is not going to require those top six prospects. I think they can get a Michael Fulmer at a reasonable cost. I think they can get a David Robertson at probably a more elevated cost than some of the other rental relievers, but still without having to tap into those top six if you're not getting Wilson Contreras back in the trade. And so with that, I think the Mets are sitting in a good position. Now, also, they have kind of put out a little bit of a narrative that they won't trade a Mauricio or a Vientos for a rental. Is that because they really feel that way, or is that because they're trying to drive up the value of their prospects in these negotiations? You're only getting one of those guys. Maybe that is Billy Epler's thing here. I would not panic right now because as I record this, we're approaching midnight. You know, you still got 18 hours as I'm recording here. Depending on when you're listening, you know, it's a six o'clock deadline. There's a ton of time for a deal to get done. And the way these things work, as I'm recording right now, I better check before I stop because the Mets could have made a move. And because I'm off Twitter right now for 15 minutes, we don't know. But the main focus right now is bullpen. I already mentioned a couple of the names available there. Um, If they're to trade for someone with control, look at Gregory Soto, the closer of the Tigers. That's an interesting name. Andrew Chafin. I believe has a a year left after this deal um, or after this year, I should say when it comes to his contract. So that's a left-handed reliever. The Mets could target. They're going to add an arm, I believe if not two arms. So they're a bullpen. I think the bigger question is if they add a DH um, and we'll maybe touch on that a little bit on the other side of the break, but quick um, before that, a word from our sponsors. I just took one last scan through Twitter, not seeing any moves the Mets have made right now. So it's looking again like they're going to head into the the trade deadline day with a couple of needs still left to be addressed. But I think that the main need that continues to to be the focal point has to be the bullpen because that is something that I don't think they have an internal solution for. And while you could quibble about how good a, a Mark Vientos could be, he's certainly an option. Okay, I wish they would have tried him out before the deadline um, so they could see if he is a viable option or not. But that at least is someone 
that they can call towards. So I think that where the Mets are sitting right now is they're trying to decide, is it worth trading a, a Mark Vientos or a Ronnie Mauricio instead of just letting Vientos take the job? And I think that if they go through this deadline and they don't make a move, I think you're going to see Vientos next week or, or maybe even this weekend. I don't know if they throw him into the fire in that series against the Braves, but look, J.D. Davis's performance doesn't really warrant a, a roster spot right now, in my opinion. So, and he has options too, if I'm not mistaken. I'll, I'll check to confirm that right now, but I, I believe he has an option still. So the Mets can send him down. They can call up Mark Fientos. They can see what they have. They can let J.D. play every single day. Now, yeah, he's got two options. So you can let J.D. Davis play every single day in Syracuse. Maybe he gets his swing going down there. And if Fientos doesn't work, you're hoping one of the two of them does, right? I think that's where they stand. And you look at the other options that we've talked about. J.D. Martinez has not been great as of late. There's concerns about his back. He still has rates against left-handed pitching this year, so he's an ideal fit. But you're going to take on a lot of money in that deal, and I don't think you should have to give too much. So if Billy Epler is digging his heels in the sand and saying, look, we'll give you Dom Smith, and Dominic Hamill, for example, where you're going to get a starting pitcher who's, you know, working through the minor leagues and has himself in high A and, you know, was drafted pretty high just last year. That's kind of the one piece you get. And Don Smith, some of the Red Sox have previously shown interest in. They believe he could be a reclamation project. To me, that's like, all right, that makes sense. But to go too far to get a rental in Martinez who, might only be relegated to playing against left-handed pitching, the way Vogelback's swinging the bat and the way the rest of the lineup is swinging the bat and the fact that he's, you know, can't really play a position outside of DH or, I guess, first base. I, you know, he used to be an outfielder, but I don't think you want to stick him out there. So, I mean, he's a DH only, you know, Martinez is. So that doesn't really give you a lot of flexibility. Look, you can't give up too much for that. And so the other names that are out there, it's Brandon Drew we've talked about, but I think the Reds are, are trying to get a lot for him. Here's a guy who's got 20 home runs for them this year. They want to try to capitalize on his value, and they're shopping him everywhere. So that could be a deal that happens late, and you don't know if the Mets have the one prospect that they like more than others because that's the type of trade where they're probably going to be focused on that one prospect they can get for Drew, even if there's multiple in the deal. It's going to come down to, who's the one prospect they like, and you're not giving up Ronnie Mauricio or Mark Vientos for Brandon Drury. Same thing goes, you know, as you kind of go down the line, you know, whether it's a Wilmer Flores, if there's another right-handed bat that we haven't even mentioned. I mean, Kyle Farmer for the Reds is another guy that mashes left-handed pitching that could make some sense for the Mets. But I expect them to still make a couple of moves. I just don't know what to make the blockbuster. And I know as a Mets fan, it's frustrating because, we all love the transaction. We love when, when the Mets go out and they sign a Max Scherzer or they sign Starling Marte or they swing a trade for Francisco Lindor. That, that's where all the buzz is at. Don't get me wrong. I mean, selfishly, too, I'm hosting a show. You guys are going to tune in more if the Mets make a trade for Wilson Contreras than if they make a trade for Kyle Farmer. It's just reality of the situation. But we're looking at what this team needs right now. I am watching a lineup that has come together over the past week that has five really good hitters in it. Lindor, Alonzo, McNeil, Nimmo, Marte, really solid. Canna's giving you good production. I like Vogel back in the lineup. I think Naquin and Escobar can surprise as 
you know, these pieces that are a little further down the depth chart. I, you know, I love me some Louis Guillaume. There's so many different contributors the Mets already have. I think the catcher position is one where you're cool with it being all defense. And Tomas Nito still seems to have a lot of timely hitting throughout this season. He's coming through with runners in scoring position, if nothing else. And that's good for a defensive first catcher. Maybe James McCann gives you a little bit of juice when he comes back as opposed to Patrick Mazika. But this is not a team that's far away. So if all they come out of the deadline is one lockdown reliever, to me, I say, well, you got to look at the full picture. And getting Vogel back was big. Getting that reliever will be big. And Naquin was a nice little piece that is an upgrade over Travis Jankowski, in my opinion. So with all that said, and by the way, Jankowski was claimed by the Mariners off a of waiver. So Jank had a great run with the Mets here. Um, as of now, it has come to an end. But I think that that was still a move that you had to make based on the cost. And ultimately, I, I feel like the Mets are still in a really good position in this division. Um, yes, the Braves are going to be competitive all year. The The next series, the five-game series, is very much going to set the tone for the final stretch of the season. But this is a team right now that is set up to make a run with or without other moves. And you still have the biggest elephant in the room of all of this, and that's who's starting tonight for the Mets. Jacob DeGrom is back in the mix. Frankie Montes is good. Luis Castillo is good. Pablo Lopez, if traded, is good. Away from starting pitchers, you know, Wilson Contreras, Josh Bell, all these guys are great. But the only player that could move at this deadline that's more valuable than Jacob DeGrom will be to the Mets if he's healthy is Juan Soto. That's it. Cut and dry. So you're getting a two-time Cy Young back in a rotation that's been amazing. And you think about what this team has for the final stretch of the season. To have a rotation that's Scherzer, DeGrom, Bassett, Carrasco, and Walker, probably the best rotation in baseball. To have the starting line that we've already talked about at nauseum tonight. To have a bullpen that has maybe the best closer in baseball. There's worse things than the Mets not trading one of their top six prospects for a rental at this deadline. So that's just to prepare you from what could happen. And we'll see because maybe Billy Epler is playing a game of chess and Ronnie Mauricio is traded at 3.30 tomorrow and Contreras and Robertson are Mets and they go all in and this team looks that much more potent. But all we can do at this point is wait and see what this team does. But anytime something happens, you can be sure that I'll be reacting to it on a podcast as quick as I can. So make sure you're following along wherever you get podcasts. You're subscribed on YouTube. You're following me on Twitter at Ficklestein Ryan. Follow the show account at Locked on Mets. Thank you for making Locked on Mets your first listen every day. Now for your second listen, check out Locked on MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan has you covered with everything going on in Major League Baseball. They also got the trade deadline special. I want you to tune into that. I'll pop in if there's any Mets news, um, but it will be a, a fun day with this trade deadline. That is for sure.